Smirnoffs and five-star Hennessy, and finally, two jiggers of scotch inside a glass of milk at sunrise, constantly suppressing my desire to lock down on my enemies with the forty-five automatic I had purchased in Saigon's brothel district, and with which I slept as I would a woman. My real problem wasn't the militarization of my country or any of the other problems I've mentioned. The real problem went back to a mystery that had beset me since the destruction of my natal home and family. My father, Big Aldous, was on the monkey board of an offshore drilling well when the drill bit punched into an early paysand and a spark jumped off the wellhead, and a mushroom of flaming oil and natural gas rose through the rigging like an inferno ballooning from the bottom of an elevator shaft. My mother, Alifair May Guillory, was seduced and blackmailed by a gambler and pimp named Mac, whom I hated more than any human being I ever knew, not because he turned her into a barroom whore, but because of the Asian men I killed in his stead. Rage and bloodlust and alcoholic blackouts became the only form of serenity I knew. From Saigon to the Philippines, from Chinatown in Los Angeles to the drunk tanks of New Orleans... The same questions haunted me and gave me no rest. Were some people made different in the womb, born without a conscience, intent on destroying everything that was good in the world? Or could a black wind blow the weather vane in the wrong direction for any of us and reshape our lives and turn us into people we no longer recognized? I knew there was an answer out there someplace if I could only drink myself into the right frame of mind and find it. I stayed 90 proof for many years and got a bachelor's degree in self-immolation and a doctorate in chemically induced psychosis. When I finally entered sobriety, I thought the veil might be lifted and I would find answers to all the Byzantine riddles that had confounded me. That was not to be the case. Instead, a man who was one of the most wicked creatures on earth made his way into our lives. This is a tale that maybe I shouldn't share, but it's not one I want to keep inside me either. My adopted daughter, Alifair Robichaud, jogged up a logging road that wound through ponderosa pine and Douglas fir and cedar trees atop a ridge overlooking a two-lane highway and a swollen creek far below. The highway had been built on the exact trail that Meriwether Lewis and William Clark had followed over Lolo Pass into present-day Idaho and eventually to the Pacific Ocean in the year 1805. They had not been able to accomplish this feat on their own. After they and their men had sliced their moccasins to ribbons trying to make portage with their canoes through several canyons on a fork of the Columbia River, a Shoshone woman by the name of Sacagawea showed them a route that took them up a gentle slope past the base of Lolo Peak into the country of the Nez Perce and the spotted horses called the Appaloosa. As Alifair jogged along the dirt road that had been graded through timber by a bulldozer, The wind blowing cool out of the trees, the western sun blazing on the fresh snow that had fallen the previous night on Lolo Peak. She wondered at the amount of history that had been changed by one brave woman. Because Sacagawea not only showed the Lewis and Clark party the way to Oregon, 
She saved them from starvation and being slaughtered by a rogue band of Nez Perce. Alifair was listening to a song on her iPod when she felt a stinging sensation on her left ear. She also felt a puff of air against her cheek and the touch of a feather on her skin. Without stopping, she swatted at her hair and pressed her hand against her ear and then looked at it. It was a bright smear of blood on her palm. Above, she saw two ravens glide into the bowels of a ponderosa and begin cawing at the sky. She continued up the logging road, her breath coming hard in her throat until she reached the top of the ridge. Then she turned and began the descent, her knees jarring on the grade, the sun moving behind Lolo Peak, the reflected light disappearing from the surface of the creek. She touched her ear again but the cut she believed a raven had inflicted was no longer bleeding and felt like little more than a scratch. That was when she...